Portion of Sports Talk Radio. It's this man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy. You know what? This is crap. We're gonna stop this. I can't stand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker eight ten go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Schools. Russell's going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, A.J., you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Full Court Press, hour number two. My guy, AJ Knight. I can tell you, you said Dan was going to be a seven. I felt Dan was a five at best. Oh, dude, Dan was a three. He was like, it's in Dallas. Dude, Dan's already for the draft. Dan's already ready for the draft. (laughs) He's already firing Quinn. He's already letting go of Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Kind of sounded like it. Rudy Gobert, you're out. Dan, Dan, you heard it here first. Dan Clayton, SaltCityHoops.com said, tear it down. Let it go. By the way, we got this text. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but kind of continues our, our conversation you and I are having. 3331 says, superstars think they can go to any team, and presto, they should be good. Jordan needed all his teammates to win championships. Yes, he did. And you know what's funny? I think that's what this this particular playoff series was all about, right? So the the whole story for the, off, the whole season, right, was LeBron James clearly can't elevate four corpses anymore. Like, he took that last Cavs team to the finals. But I think what you saw even more than that is just because you have two great players, the NBA has caught up enough, or at least the, the not not just the top teams, but our, the surrounding teams in the postseason have caught up enough that if you don't have a team, then you cannot do it. Yes. I mean, I think that's what Brooklyn proves is that, yeah, great, you have two of arguably what, top five, top seven players in the NBA – but you guys didn't play as a team, and you got absolutely mollywhomped by yep. a better team that had two buttoning stars. Well, I would say Brown's a star, and Jaylen, Jay, Jason Tatum's on his way to being a superstar, is what I would say. 2-1-2-2 text in. Typical Jazz in the playoffs, sudden injuries pop up so that when they lose earlier than expected, they can blame injuries. <laughs> is it is it bad that I saw Donovan? I was watching the game on mute because, you know, they were down 30, so you know what, what am I going to pay attention to? And Donovan pulled up, and I hope he's okay, but I was like, oh, yeah, all right, there it is. Yep. There it is. All right, coming up in about one minute, we got a very busy second hour for you. Tony Parks is going to join us. He's the voice of the Salt Lake City Stars. He'll join on and talk about jazz, Salt Lake Bees baseball, and whatever else he feels like talking about. When I'm sure I'm sure he's probably thinking, let's tear down the jazz too. I mean, I'm just going to predict now. Tony Parks is a very nice, optimistic guy as well. Tearing it down. Uh, 2104. AJ, you need to come on the show more. Great takes. I try, man. Man, I, I wish I was loved like that. How does look, it feel? Look, again, remember, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. Pitcher caddy relationship. John Lester, David Ross. I only I work with AJ Best. We're the death lineup. You only get us in limited minutes. Otherwise, people can game plan for it better. Because you saw that last year in Golden State when they had to rely on it too much, didn't go so great. But I am happy to be here any given time that I'm invited. I, uh, 
you know, even when it's talking the depressing Utah Jazz. Might I, might I take a second to recommend here as Ajay gets set up with Tony Parks. Uh, make sure you check out the Facebook page, 106.9 The Fan on Facebook, because um, the podcast gets shared there. I like to write a little bit. Uh, Ajay and I share our podcast. We do on the side as well, but I like to share my articles. The Superstar Conversation was something I just wrote about recently after I got into a, a big conversation with my dad and brother about how this year – this year, stars, I think we've seen takeover. Because, look, Ben Simmons deserves his own topic probably in the offseason here. But Ben Simmons, James Harden, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. We've seen so many more of these stars, superstars, excuse me, just basically decide they can do whatever they want. And then when they lose, they are impervious to blame. Like, we talked about it, right? Philly was coasting by, and James Harden got off scot-free despite not playing well because Tyrese Maxey was, was playing so great. They start losing. Everybody starts looking at James Harden, and his first response, <laughs> get that you're in the postseason, right? Ideally, you go 16-0 and and put that ring on your finger. They lose game four up in Toronto, and look, it's tough to sweep when I get it. James Harden goes, I think this is a good loss for us. There's no such thing in the postseason. <laughs> it's a good loss. We needed that one. <laughs> get back to Olive Garden, James Harden. All Damn right. Uh, joining us now in the full court press, he is the voice of the Salt Lake City Stars, and he's the inner, uh, in-arena host of Utah Jazz basketball home games inside of Vimsburg Home Arena. One of my good friends, a good friend of the program as well. It is Tony Parks here on the Full Court Press. Tony, hi, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm doing great. You guys sound fired up, man. You guys, uh, you know, you guys sound like you're ready for the weekend. Dude, it's day early. Six, I mean, there's some, man. There's we some are, aggression. We are like in this. full panic mode, Tony. Full <laughs> absolute panic mode right it's now. It's All true. of us are. Well, let's find it. Let's find it. Tony Parks, 1 to 10, level of confidence, 10 being most confident. Where are you at the Jazz are going to get to game seven? <laughs> um, I'll go, uh, go 6.2. You were close. <laughs> That's impressive. Yes, Andre said six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little more than the six. A little more than a six. Um, there should be concern. Totally. Yeah. There should absolutely be concern. Okay. Uh, and by no means is tonight a guarantee. I mean, this is, you know, it's it's intense. That's fair. Tony, what has stood out to you about this series the most, whether bad or good? More bad than good. And I don't think it's just because I, you know, I'm around the jazz, cover the jazz, we're in this market. I still feel like a majority of the results in this series has been dictated by what's wrong with Utah and not as much what's right with Dallas. Now, that doesn't mean Dallas doesn't deserve credit. Uh, There are a lot of ingredients to the cake. Clearly, hitting shots, missing shots, those things all mix in, right? There's a number of things, officiating even, all of it. But to me, the biggest ingredient to the cake has been what is wrong with Utah, Uh, When you have Luka Doncic and you have Tim Hardaway Jr. out for this long and you have the opportunity to dominate rebounds like they did in game one, when you go into the fourth quarter and you've got a lead in in game two and you've got a chance to really grab full control of a series, you know, by stealing two road games and your own indeficiencies are what open up the door for them to have a chance to stay back in it. Um, you play as badly as you did defensively in game three. They're, they're just, to me, far more of this and the biggest ingredient in the cake is what's wrong with Utah uh, as a group defensively. And so that's what people are concerned about tonight because they saw what they saw in game four with a dramatic emotional win. They knew what was on the line in game five, and it was a blowout loss. So tonight, uh, you know, 
game what game four was gut check. Game five was going to be you know an important situation. Game six is win or go home, and we're going to see how this team is going to respond in front of their home fans. Uh, Tony, without getting you into trouble, Ajay and I have been speculating, obviously, a lot because you, you talked about it. it seemed, the Jazz came out with so much intensity and energy in Game 4, and it was a hard-fought battle, and they came out on top. And then they just come out so flat in Game 5, whether it's uh, tuning out the coach or whether it's just issues with the team in terms of chemistry. On, on your own side, if you could just speculate, what is your prevailing theory? Because this team has just been... So hit or miss in terms of closing games out. And, and then five, I think that's why it was such a surprise. They're just never in it. Yeah. No, go back to the point you were making before I was on the air. Now, nobody has said anything like what James Harden said or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's interesting when you look at certain individuals and, and teams, collective teams in the postseason. It's interesting in the NBA because it, it – you have to want to want to pay the price to do the really hard things. Um, very automatic by the time you get to the postseason. Go look at Milwaukee in that series against Chicago. That was unbelievable. Thanks, Tony. That had more to do with what was right with Milwaukee. And Chicago had some injuries. And, and by the way, that team just, you know, they weren't as good as Milwaukee. But no. the, the point is, oh, my goodness, the way they defended. Oh, my goodness, how connected they were yeah. and the, the amount of mental energy that they consume to do what it takes to be so great together and to play together and for each other on that end. Now, I think the Jazz have that in them, but they have to exert a lot more because the habits were not perfected during the regular season. The habits were not deeply, deeply rooted the way they needed to be for the postseason to be great at it consistently in the postseason, and that's why you're seeing it at an inconsistent level. And I, I saw this with uh, the you know the Clippers in that 2017 year uh, when the Jazz had beaten them, it was interesting watching the Clippers show the inconsistency in that matter because the really hard things, the things that it takes to be great once you get to this time of year, if they are, I, I know that we all know the regular season. Hey, health matters more. This matters more. But you must perfect those habits, and they must become automatic. And for the Jazz, that's what concerned me most during the regular season with the blown leads and with the struggles. While everybody's wanted to talk about chemistry and, okay, what's going on? Do Rudy and Donovan hate each other? We don't know this. We're not in the locker room. We got no idea. What I do know is that it is very hard for them to be consistently good or great at the things that are really tough to become great at this time of the year. And and that, that I mean, you just... It doesn't matter how you want to slice it. That has been unbelievably obvious, and I think it's shown in this series. Tony Parks, he's the voice of the Salt Lake City Stars and in-arena host for Utah Jazz home games. Evans from home arena joins us here on the Full Court Press. Tony, uh, you are an encyclopedia more than anybody else I've ever known. You're incredible with your brain. Let me ask you, what has been a more what would be a more disappointing end to a playoff season? Utah Jazz blowing a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets two years ago in the bubble or Utah Jazz being fully healthy and getting beat by the Mavericks in six games, two of those without their best player. Yeah, it would certainly feel like if they lost tonight, especially if they got hammered tonight, especially if they let go of the rope or something, you know what I mean? Like if it especially was a black eye loss kind of thing tonight, it would feel more like tonight because it would really, for all intents and purposes, start to feel like the end of an era. And the end of an era where people thought they really had a shot to get it done. Um, 
the bubble season, people have those variables, right? You had the bubble. It was the Bogdanovich injury. You know, Murray was really great. And the Jazz actually played great defense in that game seven. The disappointment was the way they gave up game five when they had a 15-point lead. But what's interesting there is that season was disappointing because they started seventh defensively in the first month and a half, 11th defensively in the second month, uh, month and a half, and then dropped to 29th for the next two months. And the only team behind them was the Jim Boylan coached Bulls, which technically wasn't an NBA team. Really get into it, right? So <laughs> it's like they, but they, they had such a fall, and you were wondering why that had happened. Denver did something similar uh, in like a stretch of three years defensively. So I think what would be hard is for the Jazz to lose this series. That means they would have had a lead in all three of those series. That means that they would have had what people considered the better situation, maybe better team in those moments. Twenty-five point lead at the Clippers. No Kawhi after game four, you know, all two, two games to none lead, like all these things that you add up, it would feel like tonight. And the reason why I would feel like tonight is because it would feel like the end of a very disappointing era, an era that I think should have had much more championship contention than it did. And it really feels like they, they kind of got in their own way, you know, and then they, they really got heavy on the hashtag after your predictions and the, the one-word sayings and the Instagram posts that riled up the fan base and everybody got behind them and chip on your shoulder. No one believes in us and don't prove them wrong. Well, that would mean three years in a row you ended your season in a postseason series where you had every advantage and it was no longer time to go prove people wrong. It was just time to prove yourself right. And not only could you not do it, you got in your own way in the process and you got nobody else to blame but yourself. That is as, as honest as you have to get. And there would be no words to really say other than just the frustration and anguish that I know the fan base is feeling. Tony Parks, uh, you know, while we're heaping on the Jazz, since you're the voice of Salt Lake Stars, you can help me out. Now, I know the <laughs> Jazz don't need another guard on their team, but can we talk about the fact, I want to shout out my boy Carson Edwards, but you covered him for the Salt Lake City <laughs> Stars. Why did the Jazz not put a – you can't use a guard that can come in and score 15 points a night, really? You can't? <laughs> Carson Edwards is really special this year, and I, I love that you give a love to my guy. Uh, he was he was so great. I mean, he, the scoring was incredible. I think when he was called up, I think he was the leading scorer in the league at the time. He was always hovering around the top through most of the, of the year. His three point shooting it was kind of interesting because in college he was like this three point shooter that was you know like around thirty percent and then climbed to like forty at some point, and then this year. In the NBA, this was his first professional season where he kind of got up to 37 38%. Great at knowing when to make a play for himself or a teammate. Supreme confidence. Uh, I always wanted to see him get a, a chance at the NBA level, and I love that the Pistons gave him that shot. Yes. Obviously, with the Jazz being log jammed at the guard position and the point guard position with <laughs> other guys, I mean, when Butler plays like that, you know, it's really tough not to get him up there and have him with a chance. So, What's great about the G League is you're, you're obviously auditioning for the parent club that you're playing for, but you're also auditioning for 29 other NBA teams. And so, yeah, man, I, I, it, I hate to be partial because I was always around him so much, but there's so many variables that go into finding a spot. I was surprised that Carson didn't find a spot somewhere in the league earlier than he did because you had so much fluctuation during the NBA season. But his size certainly is one of those things that's going to go against him. Wow, so and good. the other one was 
is inconsistent or independable outside shooting. Well, he seemed to correct that this year, and there was enough of a sample size. So I could see him sticking around an NBA roster for uh, a very heavy uh, percentage for the rest of his career. Yeah. Look, that's where it all started to go downhill for the Jazz. You don't start Carson Edwards. You almost okay. got you <laughs> into the Final Four. That's why it went downhill. <laughs> and I did vote him All-American when he played. So you since, since he knew that, let's just say as a broadcaster, I got great advantages on interview <laughs> opportunities, things like that. Those, those things really paid off. I didn't know it was going to happen when I voted back in the day. So, <laughs> Tony, uh, I got to ask you – if the Jazz get this to seven, do you think there's still a realistic chance that they can win a game seven? Like, honestly, a realistic chance, or is it just a kind of an anomaly of what it's going to be like in game seven, a blowout loss in Dallas to finish it all off? Absolutely, they've got a realistic They have more than a realistic chance. I mean, I still think they're the better team. If you, if you really look at the teams, now, when you get into what's causing deficiencies and the fact that they're getting in their own way, I mean, if the Jazz get out of their own way and they play uh, 85% of their optimal level from here on out, they win the series. And they're very capable of that. But, you, you, like I said, doing the hard things is hard for them. They, they just are not consistent at it because they it's, – it's like, for instance, okay, when I was trying to – uh, lose some weight. I'm very proud of myself. I've lost some weight. And I've gotten some good shape, and I'm very happy about it. But let me tell you, uh, even though I did most of it in the last six months, it's been a five-year journey of fighting like crazy to learning how to mentally shift into doing the hard things consistently really well and doing them every day and wanting to do them. Because, you know, you go a week without eating fast food or something, you know, and you go hit the gym, and then you're tired, and the next week you give in. And then you end up not doing it. And then you're stopping off at a late night and you didn't plan your meals well enough. Then, ah, what the heck, you ordered through the drive-thru. And you're right back to reversing and having, uh, um, uh, what am I thinking, negative results again. And you have those negative results because you're not consistently disciplined enough to do the hard things and to do them really, really well often enough. And so I, I've really compared what they've done with my difficulties on trying to do things like get into shape. So it took me a long time to want to want to get there. And so for this team, if they can hunker down and eat right and exercise, right, and and get the proper amount of rest and do all the things that they know they're supposed to do, then those things come together and they win the series. To me, the winner of the series is up to Utah. It's really up to Utah, with the exception of a lights-out shooting night, which we all know can happen in the league. Um, Utah, in my opinion, they're the better team. And if they play like it, they're going to win the series. And if they continue to have some of the, the default issues they've had, then they're going to go home early and they're going to really, the biggest question mark is going to be, why didn't this team do so much more in the era that they put a roster together to truly contend? Tony Parks, voice of the Salt Lake City Stars, helps with the Utah Jazz, also helps with the Salt Lake Bees, stepping away from the Jazz and all that depression. Uh, I want to ask you, Ajay and I get in this argument all the time because the Bees obviously are a feeder system for the Los Angeles Angels, who are off to a decent start to this season. Should Mike Trout ask for a trade? Ajay and I just got into an argument about this about a week ago because Ajay put him in our Hall of Shame in the podcast because he said, I'm not going to consider your legacy anything until I see you in the postseason. All right, so 
you know, the game of baseball can be very unfair. Uh, getting to the postseason is hard, right? There's not that many teams historically. Now there's more. Um, the other thing about it is this guy really loves playing there. I know he was in the mix of the discussions possible with Philadelphia, like when he had a chance you know, to go somewhere else. Clearly, he signed there. He wants to be there. He likes it there. He really, really loves it there. Um, to me, you know, I think it's, it's too bad that the Angels haven't put enough around him um, because you start to wonder – if this guy's going to be the Barry Sanders of Major League Baseball, right? Like, uh, I've wondered that also about uh, Damian Lillard in the NBA. And it's commendable to be loyal. It's very commendable to be loyal. And I will never blame a player 1% for ever wanting out of a situation because he doesn't just want to be great, he also wants to win. I will never blame a player for that. Uh, they get a very short period of time. They want postseason legacy. They want those things. So I... I don't know if he, like, should do it because I don't know what he ultimately wants. But if he ever did, I wouldn't shame him for that one bit. I really wouldn't. You know, you don't owe it to everybody to dictate your future. You don't owe it to all the things out of your control to decide what you experience for the rest of your career. Um, you get to make that decision on your own. I think that that's something I would like to see him do. I want to see him in the postseason. World. I want to see him on the big stage, under the big lights, in October, you know, where some of the games you have to blow air into your hands because it's colder weather in New York or something like that. You know, like, I want to see him in those scenarios. because And, and what's weird, too, is even if he doesn't, I am never going to be like, well, I don't know if he'd have been good in the playoffs. I think Mike Trout would be good in any situation. <laughs> I think what we're watching is a guy that's as good as any player in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, at least any talent in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, he's the modern-day, whatever you want to call it, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, whatever it is, Frank Layden, who is he did Jackie Robinson's first game. That's how long he's been around. And that guy said that this Mike Trout guy is as good as any player he's ever seen. Wow. You know, and that guy has watched everybody except Babe Ruth, you know, and Ty Cobb. So whenever I watch it, I say I hope he does because I want to see him in the playoffs. But it's ultimately up to what he wants. Tony, you're one of the best in the business, man. I can't tell you how much. We appreciate you for joining us tonight. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully we get a Jazz win and uh, be safe. Hey, thanks, guys. Always love it. Love right. to hear from you. You're the See best. Ya. Thanks, Tony. Tony Parks, voice of the Salt Lake City Stars and I'm, the in arena host. I am just impressed that you said a six and he was like 6.25. Wow, AJ. It's called BFFLs. We have it. And Tony Parks is a great guy. Uh, we have a couple of texts, but we got to get to a break. Kayla Art coming up next. we got to play that interview coming back. And then AJ and I will clean up the rest of what is left over. Not much is going to be left over of the show, but we'll get to it here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. A diamond is forever and is perfect to represent your love. For those special occasions, give her a natural, one-of-a-kind diamond as unique as she is. Our exclusive brand, Needham Brilliant Diamonds, is both beautiful and affordable with quarter-carat diamonds starting at $499. We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our Integrity Price Guarantee with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. 
West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring. West Point Dairy Products has been manufacturing high-quality butter for over 25 years in Cache Valley. They're currently expanding and want you on their growing team. West Point Dairy Products offers competitive wages for entry-level positions starting at $18 per hour, full benefit packages, double time on Sundays, a $2,000 sign-on bonus, and tremendous opportunities for growth. For immediate consideration, call Express Employment Professionals at 435-213-9595. You lead a busy life. When do you have time to get your vehicle serviced? Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan can help. They're now open on Sundays to better serve you. If life is too hectic during the weekdays and Saturday is crazy like normal, go see them on Sunday. Get your oil changed and they'll also check other fluids and recharge your AC. Stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Open seven days a week across from Angie's. The Logo Shop invites you to sign up for a foursome and support the Logan Schools Foundation Slough in the Rough Golf Tournament, scheduled for Friday, May 13th. It's a great morning of golf at the Logan River Golf Course while raising money for the students and teachers in the Logan City School District. Contact Shanna Longhurst at the district office to sign up or just email shanna.longhurst at loganschools.org. The Logan Schools Foundation Slough in the Rough Golf Tournament, Friday, May 13th. Daryl's Appliance provides the best repair service. Daryl's techs are trained to pre-diagnose your repair problem before they arrive at your home, so it can be completed on their first trip. As a plus, Daryl's parts department is stocked from A to Z for you do-it-yourselfers, and Daryl's has used parts to save you money. Dishwasher baskets, bake elements, microwave trays, and more. For sales and service since 1970, it's Daryl's Appliance, west on Airport Road. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press on 1069, 1390 AM The Fan. Also streaming on 1069thefan.com on a mobile app as well. Uh, man, I've missed this gal so much. It's good to see her face-to-face. It's uh, the head coach of the Utah State women's basketball team. Uh, KLR joining me here on the Full Court Press. Coach, hi, how is the offseason treating? Uh, hey, Ajay, yeah, things are good. Um, we're, uh, we're recruiting a lot, you know, obviously, and, and signing some really good players and, and gearing up for camp and um, trying to get myself and my coaches out of the office a little bit to uh, reboost a little bit. But, um, yeah, no, things are really good. We're excited about the upcoming season. Before we get to the main meat and potatoes of uh, why we're meeting together, uh, what do you do in the offseason to, do you get a chance to relax, to reset yourself mentally, emotionally after an exhausting season? Um, you're supposed to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. I tell my assistants to do it all the time. I'm not sure how good I am at doing that. Um, I am trying to talk myself into playing a vacation at some point, um, but uh, we got a little more recruiting to do. So once we get done with that, you know, um, our players don't get back till like the third week of June. So. Hopefully, um, I can talk myself into doing that and my assistants go do the same thing. Uh, Coach, the one thing that people, um, I think, maybe seem to forget, but this program, after being in a really pretty tough spot, you come in and this program has trended upward in almost every way, attendance, uh, support, donorship and such. 
What is the key to that for you, and, and how much has that meant to you to see the program going upward, especially in wins as well? Yeah, I think just the energy that we're bringing around the program, and the community's been phenomenal to us. Um, you know, our administration obviously has been super supportive um, in a difficult situation for, for many reasons. Um, and uh, just the support that we're getting, I think, has been, you know, really good and giving us life to continue to go in that direction, you know, whether it's me or my assistants, the players, um, whoever. It's, it's just it's a credit to everybody that's in the program, you know, and uh, we're going to continue to go that direction. You know, things aren't always going to look um, perfect and we're going to jump through hurdles and jump through obstacles, you know, as we've done year one, obviously was really tough with COVID. I mean, year two, same. This is the first time we're actually getting to bring players on campus for recruiting. So we're super excited about that. So um, I have no doubt that we're going to continue to trend in that direction and uh, we're not going to stop until we're satisfied and get to the top. Coach, after one year in the Mountain West Conference, your next year you guys improved in so many levels. What about you for a coach? How much did it mean having a second year in the Mountain West Conference? And uh, what are some of the major improvements you saw in yourself as a coach as well? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I had to figure out who I wanted to be as a head coach, honestly. I mean, you know, it's my first head coaching job. So um, the past two years have given me an opportunity to do that. Um, definitely give me an opportunity to grow and, and learn things that I wanted to do better and things that student athletes nowadays um, need, which is different than the things that I needed when I was a student athlete um, years ago, really, really long time ago. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, just learning and growing in that way and then um, being able to go through the conference grind for two years. What is going to work in this conference? What's not going to work um, offensively, defensively? Um, you know, and then just figuring out how to kind of manage things on your staff and um, who's good at what and what do I need to delegate to this person and let go of. And, um, you know, those kinds of things have been really um, eye-opening and productive in the past two years. And we actually just had a staff meeting about that. Like, we feel really comfortable um, knowing what is and is not going to work in the conference, um, knowing what type of systems other programs run. Uh, what we want to run, uh, what kind of players we need here as we go through the recruiting grind, what's going to work and what's not going to work in the conference um, in all aspects. So um, it's it's been awesome. You know, these past two years have been awesome. But like I said, you know, those two are over now. So we're not looking in the rear view. We're just looking forward and we're excited. We're fired up. Same energy's coming um, this upcoming year with several new players that we're really fired up about. So um, it's going to keep going. It's going to keep going in that good direction. Keith, you know, when I tell you this story, I was uh... – I was in a store and someone stopped me. They knew I'd been broadcasting your guys' games, and they said they bought season tickets for the women's basketball for the first time ever. And they just they had a blast, um, and they loved where the team's direction is going. What has the support in the community been like for you, and what has your time in Logan been like so far in your first two and a half, now almost three years? Yeah, time in Logan's been awesome. I mean, it's hard to have a bad day here. You know, right now, look out the window, like it's it's so beautiful here. Um, hard to have a bad day, but the community's been very. Um, open to me, you know, welcoming to me, and, and that's been really, really nice. Um, so the support has been awesome, and to watch it grow, um, even just in the short time that I've been here, I mean, our first year, it was very limited fans, so there weren't really fans getting out to the games, but even just to watch it grow in our second year from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, and to watch the excitement around the program grow was, was so fun, and we, you know, we had some exciting games, like um, the, the game the whole bench got ejected. We had to oh play with five gosh. people. I mean, it, you know, it was crazy. And then that was like the talk of the town. Everybody's talking about it, you know. So um, just we had some really interesting things happen to us this year. And and uh, it seemed like a bad situation that turned into a great one, you know, turned into a great story. And so um, the excitement around the program 
is uh, very humbling, and um, it, it's just so nice to be in a place that people care about, you know, women's basketball, and, and that's what they are at Utah State. These people care about women's basketball, and I think it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep going in that direction, and as we continue to increase our wins, I think that our attendance will get even higher um, every year, and, and, and other things will help, too. You know, having camps finally, you know, we're finally going to be able to have camps this summer. I think you generate fan base there as well. You know, you get some little ones involved and excited about the program that are going to beg their parents to bring them out. So I think things like that also um, increase your attendance and the support around your um, your program. So it's this is an awesome place. You know, it's the first place I've been that feels like home to me. Um, so, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to get to stay here for 20 more years, I'll, I'll be really happy about that. I, I love it here. Head coach of Utah State Women's Basketball, Kayla R. joining me here on the Full Court Press. Uh, coach, before we get into specifics of recruits, when you go out and recruit, what are you looking for in bringing recruits to Utah State to play for the women's basketball team? Are there specific goals or specific things you want them to know about coming to Utah State? Yeah, I think this is a really unique place. Um, Logan, Utah is a very unique place. And um, you have to recruit people first that want to be here. One thing, they got to love being outdoors. This is an outdoorsy place. You got to enjoy the scenery, the sunsets, the hiking, you know, maybe going up to Bear Lake and getting on the water, or the fishing, the camping, like, you have to like stuff like that. And if you don't, you're probably not going to enjoy your experience here as much as <laughs> you might hope to, you know. So that's something that we have definitely learned over the past two years. Um, with, with no one on my staff being from here, that was something that we we learned. So we, we look at that. It's one of the first questions we ask. Hey, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Um, you know, we obviously look for good people first. Absolutely want good basketball players, but I want good people in this program that I look forward to seeing, um, that the coaches look forward to seeing, that people in the community look forward to seeing. Um, you know, I want to make sure we have good people here first. Um, obviously, we want good basketball players, um, but uh, we, we look for um, the types of people that will fit here, that will enjoy their time here, that will contribute to this community on and off the basketball court. You know, uh, it's like I said, it's a unique place and it's a phenomenal place, but you have to get the right kind of people here. So um, we're definitely we're getting a lot of opportunities to do that right now. I'm super excited about the players that we're bringing in, like I said, and and uh, I think we have a lot of that, a lot of uh, combination of really good people. Um, but really nice basketball players too. So, so yeah, we're we're excited about the ones we got coming in. Well, let's talk about those ones you got coming. You made a, quite the splash here in the Valley, Coach, by getting two NG or NJCAA All Americans coming to Utah State. Uh, talk about those two gals and, and what it was like recruiting them and bringing them into Logan. Again, some really honest conversations, you know, with with these girls because, you know, this is a different type of place than where they're coming from. But. Um, uh, you know, I started junior college as a player. I started junior college as a coach, and I'm a big proponent of recruiting junior college basketball players. Um, I think giving them the time to adjust for two years, um, and some of these girls' cases three years because of COVID, they stayed uh, three years. Um, adjust to the college life, you know, the simple thing of just waking up to your own alarm clock instead of having somebody wake you up, your parents wake you up or whatever, making your own meal, you know, paying your own bills, stuff like that. So. Having time for them to adjust, it's very different than getting a kid straight out of high school. Um, and uh, like you just said, the, these are two All-Americans coming here. So um, they're very, very good basketball players. They're experienced, um, and I really like that. I like what they bring to the table. They're both guards. Um, both of them could play the, the point guard or the wing. They can both shoot it. They can both drive it. And both of them are extremely athletic. Um, and so my very first press conference, I said I wanted really athletic players. That's, that's what I look for. And so 
both of them are like that. They're both extremely fired up to be here. And a lot of, a lot of times people coming from junior college, um, they have a little chip on their shoulder because they were under-recruited coming out of high school. So anybody that goes to junior college and comes out um, as an All-American, that they got a chip on their shoulder, you know, they got something to prove and, and I like that, you know, I, I have that chip on my shoulder as a coach and so I, I like that. Those two girls, um, Maya Yelder and uh, Tamia Robinson, those are going to be two fun, fun ones to watch, that's for certain, and uh, something very different that, than, that's been on the Utah State basketball team before. So we're, we're really fired up about them and can't wait for them to get here. Coach, does your system change at all with bringing in as many new recruits and new gals to the basketball team as you have? Did your system offensively change? Are you guys going to still try and run the same stuff? Um, a little bit. You know, our system changed from our first year to our second year just because I think it, what makes a good coach is not being so stuck in their way. You know, you got to put your ego aside and say, this may be what I want to run, but what I need to run for us to be as efficient as we can be is, is this, you know. And so I think we did that this past year. You know, we were having a lot of success in the paint and not as much success um, from the perimeter, so we had to adjust things a little bit, and uh, I think that's what makes a good coach is, is being able to realize um, you may not be exactly the same every year. Do you have a foundation of what you're going to do? Absolutely, yes. Um, do you try to recruit players that fit into that foundation so that you can continue to run the same stuff? Yes. Does it always work out that way? No. You may get a kid that you think is going to be good at something, and they turn out to be really good at something else. So you have to adjust a little bit. You, you have to, like I said, put your ego aside, adjust a little bit, and hey, this is what works for us. This is what we need to do. So um, overall, we're going to play the same way. Um, are there going to be some adjustments here and there? I would assume that there are, um, just depending on how these pieces all mesh together. I think chemistry will be our biggest um, focus. You know, we have a lot of new pieces coming in and very good pieces, but it doesn't matter how good they are if we can't get them to play together. So our chemistry, getting them to play together, care about each other, love each other, and mesh is going to be our biggest focus when they come in. Talk about the uh, players you got coming back. Kenley Fultz, obviously a sharp shooter from deep when uh, when she gets it going, and Olivia Wickstrom as well. Uh, what have those two brought to the team last year, and what do you look forward to their expectation of them this year? Yeah, I'm really excited, you know, to have both of those gals back. Obviously, great people. Uh, Kenley being from the Valley here, and congratulations to her. She is newly wed yes. um, to Matt Wickheiser, so she is uh, – now a bride, and um, she was beautiful. I got to enjoy that experience with her um, and, uh, and be there at her reception, and uh, very happy for those guys. But um, she, uh, she's coming back, and one of the best shooters I've ever coached. You know, she's an incredible shooter, and um, I think that this is going to be a year for her. I think this is going to be a year that she can break out, and she's a very dangerous shooter. You know, we, we've got, like, the two guards we just talked about, people that can really draw defenders, be able to get her open more, and I think that that's – something that we've been lacking a little bit, somebody that can really create a shot for her um, as she shifts and moves and finds an open area. So super excited about her. And then obviously Liv, you know, Liv played a lot of minutes for us early on, and then she had a pretty significant injury that I'm not sure a lot of people knew about. So um, she wasn't even playing at the end of the year because of the injury. Um, but we're definitely excited to have her back. Never coach somebody that plays as hard as her. <laughs> uh, love how hard she plays on both ends of the floor and just her love for basketball. So very excited to have both of those young ladies back. Um, and, uh, you know, Kinley was the captain for us last year, so she can really help us as far as culture goes and just making sure that people coming in know how we do things here and what we're looking for. And 
um, that's nice to have a player like that in your locker room. I want to move to the post, Coach. You bring in Abby Wall, who's a transfer from Eastern Illinois and has one more year of eligibility. She was the 21-22 Senior Class Award candidate, played and started in all 30 games and led the team in rebounds per game about five and a half, just over five and a half, actually. She can bring in physical presence underneath. What are you seeing out of her? My biggest thing for her, the maturity. She's such a mature kid. I mean, um, and... Uh, then, yeah, like you said, the post presence, obviously, you know, that's something that we need. Um, and she's really going to help us in the paint. On the board, scoring, her efficiency, um, just plays hard, doesn't get rattled. And, uh, and she's a competitor, you know. You, you asked me a little while ago what we look for. We look for winners. We look for kids that want to win. Um, and that, that's a big part of we want to go into every game believing that we're going to win it, that we want to win it. It's important to us. And that kid's a winner. She wants to win. And this is going to be her last year. And so um, she wants to go out with a bang. And I definitely think she can do that here. She was a, she was a great sign for us. Uh, we're super excited to have her um, on the court and in the locker room. Like I said, her maturity and um, and, and thought process and IQ is just going to be really uh, beneficial for us. I don't know how a lot of guards who can actually lead the team in blocks, but you got one of them, and Mason Campbell from Merrimack College. Uh, and she's got one more year of eligibility. Started all 26 games, led the team in blocks as a guard, and second on uh, the team in both scoring with 12 and steals at 25. She scored in double figures 15 times and two of those 20-plus points. This girl can score. Wow. Yeah, I, honestly, this kid plays so hard. I want to see her and live on the floor at the same time together. <laughs> <laughs> um, she just plays so hard, and she's she's really versatile. You know, she's um, she's probably about my height. I'd say she's five eleven, um, and great body. You know, she's thick, she's strong, she's physical. Can really get to the basket. Very good at coming off ball screens. She can pull it, pull it from the um, three point line, knock it down, um, shoot behind ball screens. But she is physical, and she can play in the paint as well. So um, having somebody like that that can rebound out from the perimeter, um, you know, is is going to be huge for us. And Obviously, what you're reading right there with her blocks, I mean, she plays defense. You know, she competes and she wants the ball. She's diving on every loose ball. And, and uh, so, again, just another kid. Plays hard, extremely competitive, and does not like to lose. So uh, <laughs> that's probably my favorite thing about her. She, she's like me. She um, hates losing more than she loves winning. So, again, another really big sign for us. She's going to be a really, really nice piece for us. Head coach of the Utah State women's basketball team, Kayla Hard, joining me here on the Full Court Press. Let's finally get to the, uh, the reason why we're here. Uh, go to AggieWomensBasketballCamps.com, and you get a chance to be a part of Coach Kayla Ard's basketball camp. There's three camps, and almost for all ages, this is great. There's a youth day camp for uh, children of 6 to 12 from June 20th to the 22nd. We'll start with that one, Coach. One of the great things I heard a parent say that uh, is looking to sign up for your camp is that their kid gets to be on the spectrum floor. It's like a dream for them. Watch their kid on the spectrum floor. Do you get a thrill to see little kids on the floor, smiling. They're just happy to be there on a college court. Yeah, you know, this was something that we didn't get to do uh, my first summer when we got here just because we didn't we didn't get the clearance in time to, to be able to set it up and do it right. And I, I wanted to make sure we did it right when we did it. So um, getting to have camps this year is, like I said, this is one of the things it's all about, you know. I mean, I know I'm here to coach basketball, and we're here to help our players, but I think it's more to it than that. And we're here to be part of this community. And like I said, this is home to me. And um, you know, to have these little kids that come to our game and they look at those players, that's their dream. It's like Kinley Fossil this here. I mean, that was her dream. She came to Utah State camps. I mean, all she ever wanted to do was be in a Utah State jersey on that court, right, and, and get out there. And so, um, yeah, to see those little girls' dreams, you know, um, begin and, and start to shape them a little bit and, and uh, 
camps are fun. You know, it's a fun time. It's a fun time to connect, fun time to meet people. It's great for our players as well. It's a humbling experience for our players to remember, um, wow, I was there before, you know. I, I was there and all the work that they've put in to get here and how grateful um, they should be and how great of an opportunity this is. So um, we're excited about it, you know. And, and I've had some people ask me about the age groups. Um, if there's an issue for anybody with the age groups and they're not sure which camp, um, you know, they can reach out to me. They can reach out to Claire Grit, um, who's our camp director, and uh, we can figure out which one to put them in. So I don't want anybody to, you know, be too concerned about the age limits. We, we just want to make sure that um, they're competing and going up against people that are kind of in the same area of them. So if that seems to be an issue for anybody, anybody can reach out to me about that. But we're looking forward to getting the community out here and having some camps this summer. Youth Day Camp will be June 20th for the 22nd. Your Elite Camp, which will uh, allow 8th through 12th graders to be a part of on June 24th. And this is where things kind of go a little bit serious. To put him through a couple of drills, he put him through the USU sort of phase of women's basketball in regards to drills and, and uh uh, scrimmages and such. Uh, do you get a good look at these gals as well? Do you get to see, you know, who could be a future Aggie in some way or respect? Yeah, for sure. And you know, we want to recruit Utah kids. Um, we we really do. And um, you know, we we've had some success, not as much as I would like, but we want to recruit Utah kids. I mean, we're in Utah, and so. We want to recruit local kids, and this is a great opportunity for us to get to see, you know, some local kids um, that are from Utah or the surrounding states that come out to our elite camp. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said we didn't um, get really excited for that day <laughs> and, and get to see a little bit of local talent, make those connections, whether it's with the players, the families, whatever. But, um, but yeah, that's a fun day for us, and, um, you know, everyone's welcome to that camp, anybody that has aspirations of – playing college basketball, whether it be here or somewhere else, it's still a great experience um, for someone to come to an elite camp and just kind of see what it's like a day in the life of a Utah State basketball player or a college basketball player for that matter. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about that day and looking forward to seeing what kind of talent we get out there. High school team camp will be June 27th through the 28th. You guys are going to have a very busy week here. Uh, but uh, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And a lot of chance to be able to, with their teams, be able to scrimmage other teams as well. I believe there's five scrimmages that they'll be able to be a part of, guaranteed. Uh, it's, it, it's good to see these kids be able to get a good workout in these scrimmages. Is there anything, kind of a goal that you have with this high school team camp? You know, team camps are um, a lot of preparation, um, but, you know, they're, they're, again, great time to connect with high schools, um, with coaches, with programs. We, we really like to invite high schools and their programs out to our games throughout the year. We had a ton come um, this past year, and this is somewhere that you can make those connections, you know, and, and again, let them see what it's like to play on the spectrum floor and play a game in there. We will be using that court. We'll be using our practice court as well um, for games. And uh, it, again, good opportunity there um, for high school teams to go against other um, high school teams and for us to get to see them. But uh, it's going to be a good camp. You know, um, we, will, we will shut it down after we reach our limit. Um, how many teams we can shove into those two days and play games um, organized and, and uh, make sure it's productive. But um, as long as we have spots open, uh, we will be accepting teams. And we've had a really good response so far. Um, to that team camp. So really excited about having that. And, and like I said, just getting the community out here on our campus um, and uh, either showing for the first time what we have or reminding people how great of a campus and how great of a place this is at Utah State and how fortunate we are with the facilities that we have here. So yeah, we're excited. We're fired up to have camps this summer and it's our first one. So 
Um, come on out. If anybody has any questions, like I said, you can reach out to um, Claire Grit is our director of basketball operations, and you can reach out to her, and she can help you with any information, or you can reach out to me directly. But we're looking forward to having camps this summer. It's that's Coach Kayla Art, head coach of the Utah State women's basketball team. They got a well, almost a new team coming in. Two players stayed to the fault of Olivia Wickstrom. Everyone else is going to be new coming into the program, but she looks like they're ready to go. They got two JC All-Americans coming in. They're both really, really good. This this could help. Uh, the Full Court Press today is uh, sponsored in part by Mountain West Motor. If you want to get a new truck or a new SUV, go to Mountain West Motor. You can go to mwmotor.com or stop by at 615 North Main Street in Logan trailers uh they can take care of you in so many different ways again mountain west motor also in part by valvoline instant oil uh it's now open on sundays at 695 north main and logan quick clean easy that's how it should be when it comes to getting an oil change stop in today full court press wrapping it up coming up next